Hey, 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 welcome to episode 244 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today we're talking about Canadians and their struggle with the current interest rates. Let's go. All right, so we are, we're recording this two days before the Bank of Canada rate announcement on July 12th, and this will be published, I don't know, five days later when you're listening to it now. So it'll be interesting to see what happened. Now the public knows our secrets. Well, how many people are recording live? Not many. I don't think most people are expecting that this is a live podcast. We should do a live podcast. Like not all the time. Let's not get exaggerated here. But yes, interest rates, you think they're, uh, so here's your crystal ball, your prognostication. Everything says it's going up, likely a quarter of a percent. 25 basis points. Mm-hmm. Um, if it didn't, because I think there's so much anticipation that it's going to, if it didn't, it could, it would spur, I think, a lot of activity in the real estate market, which would be nice at this point because the market's simmered down a fair bit, which is not uncommon for this time of year also. So you've kind of got all these different things coming together. I can tell you over the last week, I have more, had more questions about, quote unquote, and you hear me say this all the time, realtors always get asked, how's the market? Yes. I've had more of those questions in the last week than I have in months. And it is a good question. It's a valid question. It's one that a lot of people have on their minds. But to your point, end of June, school wraps up. What are people doing? They're going to Canada's Vacations. Wonderland. They're going to the cottage. They're going to... And now that... Is this our first year of being able to get out of the country, really? No, this is... Well, this is the first year for non-vaccinated people to leave. Right. Which, I mean, there's not a lot of... 10% of the population or something like that. But still, that all these things compound and affect... Well, it's all... Uh, whether or not you were allowed to leave last year, I think a lot of people this year... Like, now we're back to normal. Right? Like, let's face it, we're back to normal. Took three fucking years. You know what's funny, though, is I I booked a showing yesterday for today. Yeah. And they had the COVID warning. So I, you know, as I should, I messaged the agent and say, hey, I saw this warning. Says I have to wear a mask. Is this true? She's like, actually, yes, uh, we do want people wearing masks. um, But tomorrow you're okay because they're out of town. They're more concerned when they're in town. Right. So there are still people concerned by it. But it's a minuscule number. Sure. Yeah, people with health concerns. Um, yeah. But for the most part, we're done with it. Thankfully. Yeah. But if, but hey, it, I'd love to bring back the COVID-19 real estate market. That would have been, that would be nice right about now. It's, it's going to happen. Like, think about, okay, so today we're focused on a topic that, again, sometimes we like to refer back to articles that are published other media that is published. So there was an article on Tuesday, Tuesday, June the 27th by Claire Feinstein. Feinstein. And a Toronto Star article uh, titled, Lenders Now Seeing 60, 70, and even 90-Year Mortgages as Canadians Struggle with Rocketing Interest Rates. So we're going to talk about that today, but on... On the topic of how's the market, end of June, 
right into May was busy. Mid-September. Like once the kids get back to school, back to normal life routines, there are less showings, there are there is less activity. Doesn't mean the market's bad, just means there's less activity. So it could mean your home is on the market longer. It could mean that buyers have an opportunity to maybe beat you up on price because they might be the only offer versus um well, I would Having s- said that, the stat year over year now, comparing June of last year to June of this year, if you follow us on Instagram, you'll see our market stats post from Thanks last that, week. Ian. Yes, Ian does a very good job of putting it out in a timely fashion, so it's all relevant information. Yeah, year over year, we were up by... Three, over 3%. Three point something, I can't remember the exact figure. But. Right. First time that we've seen an increase year over year. And that's a very sustainable number. Sure. It's a very realistic, that's that's a good hike um, in this type of market. So I would say, so you're saying it's not a bad market. I would argue that it, I mean, it depends on the perspective, I suppose. There's so many different angles you could look at the market, but I would say the market is down. So if if that's what you would call bad, I would say. Down based on what? Well, activity, prices, I think everything is being pulled back a little bit. In the last in the last few weeks only. Yeah. But I think it's still relative. Like if you're if you are buying and selling in the same market, it's it's no different. Yeah, you're still sure. net the same amount at the end of the day. Yep. Um and it I have seen this video a number of times, but a client uh, I'm lead, trying to see what it is because it's playing there oh, and it's it's Barbara Corcoran. I've seen this video and there's many people yeah, who say yeah. the same thing. So Barbara Corcoran's talking about while well, she tends to her plants, talks about how um, people, there are a lot of people that are afraid to buy right now, right? Or, you know, affordability and interest rates are scaring them. But it's all, you either pay more money for the house and get a low interest rate or you get a high interest rate and pay less money for the house. The high interest rate and less money for the house is a better scenario because if rates come down, which some are predicting in the range of 3% next year, end of 24, you've bought low. Now you can refinance, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, refinance and benefit from the low price as well. And a lot of people don't take that plunge mm-hmm. because it, it's all predictions, right? Like nothing is concrete, nothing is guaranteed. So even though you think the interest rates in 18 to 24 months might be 2 or 3% less, we don't know that. Right. No, you don't, of course. You don't know what's going to happen. It's just like I'll give you, because, you know, I'm a big Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I don't often talk about that because I like to stay sports neutral when... Uh, well, you should. People want to know what what you enjoy and who you, what's fan, what sport teams you are a fan of. And- sure. I was taught in in sales not to talk about sports or religion because and politics and politics because you could offend people that don't have the same views, right? But you know what? I think that's so changing like, maybe, nowadays. Tron- it is. It is. You're right. Uh, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, yes, and Montreal Canadiens fans, i.e., Steve Bruman on the team. Um, you know, when it comes to talking about sports, they don't see eye to eye. We'll stay politically correct with that statement. 
Anyways, I'm a big Toronto Maple Leaf fan. And pre-COVID, the Toronto Maple Leafs signed their two biggest, potentially three, maybe even four, their core four, their top two players for big, big contracts, 11.64 million and 10.93 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Pre-COVID. And they did that with the anticipation that the salary cap was going to go up considerably over the course of their contract. COVID hit, there was no revenue, and the salary cap remained the same. Right. Now the salary cap next year is just slowly going to start climbing. But nobody, and it screwed the Maple Leafs, it handcuffed them for for years because they, they're paying these guys 11 million bucks a year, salary cap didn't increase, so it didn't give them the flexibility to go and get other good players because they didn't have the money to do that. So in this case, relating that to real estate, you cannot forecast, real. you can guess, but nothing is concrete. And that's where people have, in my belief, that's where they have a little bit of fear because now you're going to buy, I don't know, an average, let's say in Halton region where we do 70% of our business. Yeah. Let's focus on Milton where we live. A 30 something young family with one child and one child on the way. They have their first home already. It's a smaller town home. Like this is what Milton is. And now they want to upgrade. They want to upgrade to a detached home. They want to upgrade to a bigger home. They want to upgrade to a double car garage home, whatever. So you're selling for, call it a million bucks. And you now got to spend 1.4. You need a three to $500,000 increase in price. Yeah. So you're now going to take, well, we had this discussion the other night. You want to upgrade to anything, that's another half a million dollar mortgage. Right. Right? Well, for most, it's not feasible. Right. So not feasible at the current interest rates. Right. Because now you're talking, what's that, an extra three grand a month at the current interest rates? Well, the other thing too is like it's, so we say, I'm saying like it's a, a bad market for certain people, but it's a good market depending on what you're doing. And it's... So, here's my... Okay. Suggestion. My recommendation to people that I'm talking to that have that fear. Your RSPs, like, look at other areas that you have money. If you're broke as shit, then let's not even have a conversation. But if you have RSPs, GICs, you have a sports card collection, you have a comic book collection, you have a car that's worth $70,000, whatever, can you, you know, take a little bit of a hit for a year or two, spend that extra whatever, $60,000, $70,000 that it's going to cost you over the next couple of years in order to make that move? Right. And then refinance at that time when 
Well, anticipating that this is what, now a better investment what than those is things. going to happen. Mark my words. What is going to happen when that time comes that interest rates go down significantly? It's going to have to at some point. When that happens, everybody and their mother is going to be lined up to buy real estate and shit's going to go crazy. There are going to be multiple offers. People will have the fear of missing out and trying to catch up. And it's going to be a complete free for all. And if you look at the statistics of immigrants coming into the country, coming into the GTA specifically, you look at all that, it's it's only a matter of time. It's not if, but when. Well, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of people said, oh, it's so many immigration, immigration, immigration. There's so many people coming, not enough houses, the market's never going to crash. Then the rates went up and they're like, oh, interest rates play a factor. So there is more to the equation than just people because if it's just- It plays a just, factor, but it didn't, it didn't crash. This is not a crash. This is adjustments. No, it's a crash. A crash, crash is my ass. It went down like 30% from its peak. That's a crash. It went up like 4,000% from when you bought it. Doesn't matter. It's I'm still sure a crash. It does. Well, ah. Tell the person that bought it 30% higher. That's not a crash. Yeah, but- They're at home crying right now because they can't afford their house. And that those are the people that are in a bad position. So it is a bad market for people that are forced- to sell. For, forced to sell is a different story than living in a home that you can still, you overpaid for, but you can still afford until the market recorrects itself to be worth more than you paid for it. Right. But there, if you're, you're going to be in the home for 10 years, chances are you made a good investment regardless of what you paid for it. As long as they can afford it. Right. But there's a lot of people that can't. So those are the people where it's unfortunate. And that that in those scenarios, I would, you know, call it a bad market in, in that specific scenario. Well, and this is why we talk about when you do buy a home, is understand your budget. Understand that you have utilities to pay, you have property taxes, you have food, you have clothes, you have all of these things. So do you really need a 3,000 square foot, four bedroom home backing onto green space with a finished basement? Right. Or could you be okay with a 2,500 square foot home in a nice neighborhood for a few hundred thousand dollars less? Well, one, you know, to be fair to some of those people is that they bought, you know, there's a lot of people that bought when interest rates were high, or sorry, low rather. And the Bank of Canada for a long time was saying, we're not raising interest rates. And then all of a sudden they raised interest rates and you know to put it lightly they went high and fast um so for the people and this ties back into the, the topic which we've kind of gotten away from but um for the people on variable rates depending on the type of variable rate so you can have a variable rate with a fixed payment or you can have a variable rate with a floating payment that adjusts uh, with interest rates as they fluctuate for people that have a fixed uh, payment oh yeah sorry go ahead um Every time an interest rate goes up, if they don't adjust their payment, their amortization is extending. And that's how we get to the 60, 70, 90-year mortgages because they're paying off less and less principal every month, which mm-hmm. extends their amortization. So I refinanced um, a portion of, I have some segments of mortgages. And one segment on one of the properties um, 
came up for renewal eight months ago now. Nine, I think you're going to say 8%. Nine months ago. <laughs> yeah. Might as well be. Yeah. Nine months ago. And my payment on that segment is $1,917.62 a month. You just pulled that out of your head? I know my budgets very well. And so let's call it two grand a month. Over nine months, it's $18,000 that I've paid in mortgage payments during that time. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the balance compared to the original balance. Mm -hmm. How much do you think it paid down in nine months? In nine months? So $18,000. paid $18,000 $18, into it. This is the new mortgage at the new rates. Correct. Which is a variable rate. 3000 of principal. Just above two grand. Yeah, it's crazy. 16,000 bucks in interest on $18,000 of payments. It's hard to swallow that. And even worse, and this goes back to the fact that a primary residence is not an asset. Although we, you know, we there's arguments that it is, which we believe obviously and have seen it in many cases. But that's not, it's, you can't it's, write it's it an off. Asset. It's a non-liquid asset. Right. So unless you're refinancing and using the equity you have to reinvest in other avenues, but who the hell right now is refinancing and taking money out right. to reinvest that now, money? Now, if that were a rental property, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because it's right. okay, well, I've got, you know, $15,000 and change of interest. I can just write that off against all the income. Um, but on your primary residence, it's... Just out the window. Well, we have seen a significant amount of investors that are cashing out because when they purchased, they were already negative every month. Yes. We're seeing this on condos right now. Tons so of assignment good, sales too. Good time to be buying a condo or an assignment because there are desperate people out there. You got to be looking for the right deal and and have the right negotiator on your team if you're buying it. Um, you know, they, they went in with a minimal down payment. So you buy a, whatever, $500,000 condo, you put 20% down, hundred grand down, mortgaging $400,000. Now all of a sudden the payment is 2,500 bucks a month on the mortgage. Plus you have property taxes and maintenance. Now you're three grand a month to carry it, but you're only bringing $2,300 a month in rent. So now you're negative $700 a month, whereas before you were probably negative 100 or maybe two. Yeah. So now you got to pull five, 600 bucks out of your budget from your primary residence, essentially. So where are you cutting back? Right. Well, and this is also trickled into the, res the residential rental market where people who are getting new tenants now need to charge more in order to afford to keep the property. Yes. And it's... Oh, you're going into my whole other podcast topic. We're going to talk we'll, about we that next elaborate week. elaborate on it. But yeah, but so that's that's impacting rental rates. And because everybody's charging more now because they have to. And stay, stay tuned for next week's episode 245, where we talk about landlords yeah. being picky and charging a lot more too. Yeah. Yeah. An important topic. Um. 
So yeah, it's unfortunate for some people, but that also presents an opportunity for others. So it, it is a good time to buy. Um, it's a good time to move. It's a good time to invest. It's just is what if, it is. If you're selling now and not buying any other real estate, I would say try and hold off yes. until the fall or spring market. Um, depending on what your time frame is, obviously of needing or wanting to sell. But hold off. This summer is not the summer to be just selling. You need to sell and buy something. Right. If you're upgrading, amazing time to upgrade your home. Your payments, yes, are going to be higher. But when you are able to refinance that property, you will have quite a deal on your hands and you will look back five to 10 years from now, look back at it and say, wow, glad we did it at that time. Yes. Especially if you're looking in the GTA, especially the outskirts of the GTA, like Oakville, Milton, Burlington, great examples. It's probably never been more important, though, to be very strategic with choosing your mortgage. Don't get so fixated on the interest rate. Yes. Focus on how long is the term for, what are the penalties to break it, can you break it, can you port it. These things are important. Very important. As the uh, Bank of Canada makes adjustments over the course of the next 12 to 18 months, which we will see, um, you'll want to be able to have the opportunity to make changes with it. You will also want the opportunity to make additional payments, potentially, to increase your payment or, in a worst case scenario, skip a payment. Yes. Well, I'm I'm a good, uh, I've taken advantage of that. I've always topped up my payment by a couple hundred bucks every payment biweekly. And because of that, my trigger rate, uh, which you can maybe explain, is 8.4% or something. Yeah. Well, talking about trigger rates, just the other week I got on another one of my mortgage segments, I got a letter from um, Royal Bank that said, um, we have increased this. This one is uh, an accelerated biweekly payment of 477 roughly. Um 471 and they increased it to 486 I want to say like 15 bucks biweekly um because my payment of 470 wasn't even covering the interest right so I'm paying down zero principal at the moment on that segment so they had to increase the biweekly payment just to cover the interest and that's the trigger rate, basically, is what, at what point does your payment have extra money there to pay down the principal? So now, if you have the right mortgage product, you could look at it and say, okay, well, to pay the interest only is 486 I can bump it up to 550 because I can afford that extra 70 bucks every two weeks. Um, in order to be paying down some of the principal, so my total principal balance at least gets reduced every month. Now, if it's an investment property, you may not want to do that because your interest is tax interest deductible. Interest only is fine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't care. Ride it out. Right. Um, yeah, so a lot of a lot of things, you know, you this is more than ever the time that you need uh, great allies in investing, in purchasing, and in selling any type of real estate. You need a realtor that is 
educated not only on all facets of of how this all comes together from a budget standpoint, from a mortgage standpoint, from from seeing a good deal when you know one. Um, but it's also important to... And also the exact opposite. Because I know people, you know, I know people who have purchased homes without assistance and way overpaid. Uh, there's homes on the market right now that... I had one client, we put an offer on a property and I told them it's worth about 800. They really wanted it. So um, they said they would pay the asking price, which was over a million. But I said, you're crazy. Do not do it. And they ended up going up to 900, still didn't put a deal together. The seller was stubborn. And I insisted, don't put, mm-hmm. you know, just wait, write it out a little bit. We ended up buying something else they're very happy with. And that property still sits on the market. They've done a price reduction. Yep. And they will continue to sit on the market. So it's important to have people to help you find good deals and also avoid mistakes. Yeah. That kind of goes hand in hand with a good deal, though. It's the opposite. Is it? Sort of. No, the opposite would be you overpaid. You bought and overpaid. No, that's what I mean. Making mistakes. Right. Um. That's it, I guess, for today's podcast. If, um, yeah, I mean, here's one thing that I learned about this podcast. Today? No, in general. Oh. Because I talk to a lot of people that say, oh, yeah, I, I watch your podcast or I listen to your podcast. Great podcast last week, whatever. I think a lot of them are also just referring to the, the clips, the micro content. Maybe, maybe, but I do have... A lot of people that I know that listen to it in their car, as an example. Yes. And when we say, hey, drop us a like, hit the subscribe button, leave us a comment, let us know what you think. Where the fuck are they going to do that? They're driving. Right. Right? You think they're going to come Can back? Can you say, hey, Siri. Yes. Hey, Siri. Send follow Katie this, Confidential. Follow this podcast or like yeah. this podcast. Oh, my phone's <laughs> listening to me now. We don't, well, we don't usually ask people for things. So today, or even, even, so like I watch our podcast on YouTube. By the way, if you go to ktconfidential.ca, it'll take you right to that playlist. So I watch it at home in the in our little theater room on, on the YouTube app. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not leaving a comment from there, right? Like, yeah, yeah. All, all you, the most you can do is leave a thumbs up, and that's if you're on your on your TV on your TV. You. Yeah, so it's not as intuitive, or it's no, not as convenient. It's not. And that's only if you're signed into YouTube. If you're using right. it signed out, um, then you can't even do that. Right. So, anyways, my point is just keep listening, and if you get a chance. Uh, go on show to some our, support. Yeah, show some support in some way. Somehow. Ariel wants to get to 1,000 followers on YouTube. 1,000 subs. So if you are subscription subscribers, sorry. So if you are watching this. And we're at like 550 now, something like that. All right, let's see how quick we can get to 1,000. Yeah. Go hit us up on YouTube, subscribe. Because we know we got more more people watching and, and you know, uh, engaging. They're just not subscribing. So I think they get the point. I don't know. Go and and you know visit us on Instagram where you can see some of these highlights. Yes. Bye. Thank you for watching episode two forty four. Keep watching. Keep listening. We appreciate the love. And uh, if you get a chance, leave us a comment.